I thought I knew you, Topanga. But I was wrong. I was scared. What? You wanted to know how I feel. I was scared. Of me? No. Of what you said. I mean, you're only 14 years old. These feelings, when, when did you know? Come to a laugh. Do you remember the time when we were in my backyard chasing fireflies and you had like 20 in your jar and I had one with a broken bulb and then Eric came outside and started teasing us. He said, Corey loves Topanga. He said, yeah, I hate her. That's when I knew. Corey, we were only six. Who cares? How could you know then? I'm not even sure I know what I love you means now. The Abyss is an interesting mixture, sometimes an uneasy mixture, but usually a fairly well-functioning mixture of emotion, character, dread, anxiety, of being trapped, claustrophobic, people having to work together to survive, tension within the group. You know, when it finally breaks out into a few sporadic action sequences toward the end of the film, you know, they're pretty big sequences in and of themselves, but it's not like you call the film end-to-end -end an action film. It has a sense of wonder to it as these as these divers are are uh, operating in this in this environment that people hadn't seen before. Nobody had even seen anybody talk underwater before. It had never been done. Nobody had ever seen anybody talk underwater before? Get a load of this guy. Big whoop. Who fucking cares? Welcome back to another episode of the Humor and the Abject Podcast, you abyss-dwelling screedlers. This is Stefan Lee, the podcast studio manager. We've got a banger of an episode for you this week. It features poet and digital artist Jensen Leonard, also known as Corey in the Abyss. Let's turn it over to your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney. I'm Ira Glass. Welcome to Jackass. It's episode 71 of the Humor in the Abject podcast. I'm your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney. Happy fiscal new year, Screedlers. To all of you out there in the trenches of nonprofit organizations, we salute you. Give yourselves a pat on the back for rounding out another year of fundraising for your own jobs. Did I just get too real? Yes. Yes, I did. Anyways, uh, I want to give a little plug to the Deep Color podcast hosted by artist Joseph Hart. Have you listened to it? If not, here's a great place to start. The latest episode. The guest? Me. That's right. I hopped on the other side of the mic and got interviewed to talk about a ton of stuff from teaching to writing to comedy to cooking. And we recorded it right here in my kitchen, which was actually kind of weird, to be honest. Uh, subscribe to Deep Color and check out all the great conversations that Joseph has had uh, with several artists. We have a little bit of overlap, too, so you can treat yourself to an extra fix of Convo with Sarah Greenberger Rafferty or David Kennedy Cutler. Uh, Deep Color also has a really amazing episode <clears throat> with artist Ian Cooper. It's one of the best bits of audio that I have ever heard. It's a really great conversation, and Ian and I used to work together at NYU, and uh, it's, it's just like an emotional and meaningful episode, so give that a spin. On this week's episode, I've got poet and digital artist Jensen Leonard, 
And you may already know Jensen from his prolific Instagram meme account, Corey in the Abyss. We've got a mutual friend named Andrew Shuda who connected us, and I'm so happy that he did. Shuda, if you're listening, shout out to you for that. Uh, Jensen's memes are on an entirely different planet, and the way he thinks and talks about them is really quite incredible. So buckle in, crack a tall boy, and get ready to get schooled. Here's my conversation with Jensen Leonard. Okay. Jensen Leonard, welcome to Humor in the Abject. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, thanks for having me. How's your day so far? It's eventful. I'm, like, excited that this is happening. (laughs) And, you know, maybe you'll pick up on the slight tremors of nervousness in my voice. Nervousness? No. You you can be chill. We're sitting here. Well, it's it's a positive nervous. It's like, (laughs) I'm happy. Like, holy shit. I feel that... Every time that I uh, interview somebody, actually, the like 10 minutes before somebody comes over, I'm actually, I'm usually flipping out, sitting on the couch, being like, oh, and like drinking water and going to the bathroom a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm at. <laughs> did you do, did you do anything this week to celebrate the birth of this dumbass nation? That we live in? Uh, I mean, it was sort of like a performative, like you know, I, I use it as an excuse to enjoy like hot dogs and hamburgers, yeah. but in terms of like patriotism, morale, very low, Yeah, very low. But the hot dogs, uh, boiled hot dogs this huh. year, as opposed to grill. Okay. Um, it's different, but I feel like it, it, the, the juices, uh, are captured in the dog better. Yeah. Yeah. The sort of like uh, they're cooked in their own water. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, so I had a burger. I hadn't had a burger in a while. It was great. Just a ham. I don't know. Whatever somebody grilled. And then, uh, but they were out of, uh, they'd run out of ketchup right before I got to the thing. But I had some, I had mustard on it and that was actually really good. And I was like, this kind of tastes like a McDonald's cheeseburger. Mm. Cause that's like all, I feel like mustard and onion is kind of the flavor that's on it, Mm -hmm. but it was pretty good. Um, okay. So you're a poet and you moved to New York via Pittsburgh. Via Pittsburgh. A little while ago? Okay. But a a little under a year ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Very green in the city. (laughs) Extremely. Virginal. So you're going to to Pratt and you're doing an MFA and is it in poetry or creative writing? Creative writing. Okay, cool. How's that going? It's up and down. It's... uh, I went to grad school. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's really... I'm not going to like... You know, because this could be used retroactively. No, you don't need to. <laughs> you can. It's I, it's been uh, tumultuous. I mean, it's like compounding, uprooting your life. Yeah. To, to move to a new city and like not just a city, the city. Times sort of everything I've like ideated about what grad school would be. Uh-huh. Don't get me wrong. I'm learning and growing all of, yeah, all yeah. Of the campy things. Of course. Well, it's yeah. just, uh, it's just not been as fun yeah, as I would have liked it to be. And in terms of learning, it's not the type I'm learning yeah. to coexist with people <laughs> yeah. and that's invaluable. And maybe that's like the finer points of sure. the humanities is like get along with other people. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, but it's been rough. It's got to be weird going to school in 
I mean, I, I went to grad school in, in Portland, Oregon, and it must be weird going to grad school in New York, though, because it's kind of like the city is, um, there's plenty to learn just kind of navigating it. Yeah. So it'd be extra weird to have on top of it the layer of like being in a program where you're supposed to probably deconstruct everything and talk about things in terms of political and social senses, but then you could just get on any train and have a like a real life experience, maybe. Yeah, that. Uh... Yeah, that's definitely a thing. I mean, I found that in New York, like, if I just go outside and, like, chill, <laughs> something will happen. Always, yeah. Like, oh, there's Spike Lee, like, uh, fucking <laughs> scouting locations for She's Gotta Have It Too. Damn. I saw, uh, this was a while ago, I mentioned it on a very early podcast, but I walked by, in Greenpoint, I walked by Tracy Morgan. Which is like an incredible... I'm Tracy Morgan. I was just like, holy shit, dude. I've been watching you for 20 years. You know? Like, it was just insane. And I said something like, hey, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't ask him to take a picture. But I was just like, hey, uh, I'm sorry. I just like you. You know? Like, like a weird, like, I need to acknowledge this. And he was like, thanks, man. I love you. And I was like, oh, my God. And just, He's awesome. He seemed, uh, he seemed very chill. He was sitting on like a... Um, like a camping chair just on Greenpoint Ave. I think they were shooting the, is his new show called The Last OG? Okay, so it was after his accident. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think I said something to the effect of like, you, like you're an inspiration, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, walking away. But he's just like chilling on Greenpoint Avenue. I was just like, you're one of the most famous people in New York City. Like, hands down. Yeah. <laughs> like, the face of SNL for a decade. Or, and he's just sitting there just and like, i still feel like water. he's underrated <laughs> yeah. like i feel like the perceptionist he is not i mean he's he's amazing like i'll just watch his uh late night appearances that yeah. aren't snl yeah and the way he improvs and just like commands his space you know so, i'm sitting in my chair <laughs> breathing up all the i don't care jimmy <laughs> Like, he's amazing. Oh, my God. When I was a kid, and I would, like, see, like, Brian Fellows and so Like, just everything that he did, I was like, who is this fucking dude? Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, there's this movie called Totally Awesome that I don't know if very many people have seen, but uh, he's in it, and you shouldn't watch the movie because the movie sucks, but somebody made a super cut on YouTube of just all his parts, and it's some of the funniest shit I've ever yeah. seen in my life, and I'm just, like, crying, and he's wearing a... Like a like a windbreaker suit, yeah. I don't know what those are called, but it's supposed to be in the eighties. Yeah, it's like totally awesome. And he's like this dude in the eighties and stuff. But does he have like a Jerry curl? Yes, like, he does. <laughs> I may I may have seen images of this. Or he's talking to this dude. And he's like he's telling this this like dorky guy who's the main character is like I want to be cool, man. And he's talking to Tracy Morgan. He's like, so like, can you teach me to be black, dude? Yeah. And Tracy Morgan's like, no, like I can't. <laughs> I mean, I could try, you know, yeah, right? yeah. and he's just asking, he's like asking him just these insane questions, like to grill him to see if he could be black. And one of them is like, did you ever throw a chihuahua off the roof of the projects? And the kid's like, no. And he's like, then you can't be black, dude. And yeah. like, it's just, but he's so goddamn funny. And it's just a super cut of, I think it's extras. It's just him improvising, yeah. just ad-libbing a crazy amount of shit. And he's so goddamn just like... Oh, what a funny dude. It's it's like uh he reminds me of Robin Williams in the way that just like so quantum computer brain <laughs> <Yeah>. wit. <laughs> it seems like I can't could you imagine inhabiting that mindset? 
like having to i'd probably not i'd probably kill myself i don't know how you <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. i would not oh. <clears throat> i'm fine it's, it's spicy good. it's spicy it's oh spicy God. <laughs> i think it's it's i don't know it's okay it's, i don't know whatever uh, but so so you write poetry, but you also are a digital artist, and you are the mind behind a pretty popular meme account called Cory in the Abyss. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever brought any of the meme stuff to like a crit in Pratt? Or yes, the, really, yes, multiple times. Okay, so you so that gets another question out of the way, which is, do you see a hardcore difference between these two modes of production? And it sounds like at least you're willing to fuse them. Yeah. I think uh, genre distinction is like um, the end game of that is like taxonomic distinction and then like um, something that like reactualizes like why colonialism like works so well. So I know that's like, you know, a huge A to B to Z correlation but i i just feel like if we get caught up like we've had so many crits where um people are like is this fiction or is it non-fiction and then that conversation just like fizzles and it, it, it turns out it doesn't matter because we're not judging the the effect or quality of the work on its genre like it's just a little like semantic thing and it's like Sure, yeah, it's like the delivery method, and I guess those terms become, they're like useful to describe stuff, but yeah, to situate things as only being that or that is a little bit... I think they hardwire expectation, which, they do. I, which, yeah. I, which I don't like. Yeah, that's really interesting. Huh, how do you present a, if I can ask, how, how do you present a, a meme for like, a uh, review? Well, well, the first thing I did... It, it's still uh, very raw, and I, I, I don't think it's been done that much. But um, from my first crit, I submitted just, like, one meme. We talked about it for a good 45 minutes. Um, but it was a meme that says, the top text is, if race is a social construct, then tell me why I'm such a real-ass nigga. <laughs> And the, and the like subject or the, what is the image? It was um like this British toy company that makes like gangster dolls, like baby dolls. Oh, whoa! And it was I a little and it was a little black baby doll <laughs> with like a tall t shirt and chains and a do rag and Jesus. like rings, like just you know the extreme like yeah parody yeah. of like black masculinity street thug culture as a baby yeah as a as a you know (laughs) as an infant huh and um it was sort of modeled like a um like an nwa album cover like there was a parental advisory sticker that had modified text then tell me why i'm such a and uh i got um like really extensive like feedback and like write-ups from the faculty like Uh multiple pages of like what they see operating in the meme that i didn't see which was like beneficial but generally it was more like a like 
a summit where everyone i was like <laughs> okay um what do you see happening here mm-hmm. like what does this mean to you and i got a bunch of different results and that was like beneficial but it wasn't none of the cr- critique was sort of like um this meme could be improved upon. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, what if like, it were bigger? <laughs> a bigger meme? Yeah, like you or if could you turned use, it upside down or like <laughs> use more drop shadow. I don't know. It, it didn't go to that place. There was no. They didn't it wasn't critique your masking. No, it was like not that aesthetic at all. But interesting. It, it was cool. That's. But but it's also like my time and money and. I presented a video meme that was like hyper dense. I guess they all are. And it was like this 15 second video of one of those like bodega banners with all the food items. And it like every piece of food like animated and, and warped. And there was like a cartoony song behind it. But they were like the signage was all like about sort of like the like intraracial and like class tension that happens in a bodega where you have like Lebanese, Yemenis, you know, uh, sort of overseering blacks and the security camera. So this is like a site of surveillance and it's not as fraught, like just because you're being called boss when you buy your sandwich Uh doesn't mean, you know, and just opening that up. And I got some good stuff out of it. But I still felt that there was an overall reaction to my work as like a ha ha like it came uh-huh. it came from the internet it's an internet <clears throat> fetish object and yeah. the conversation wasn't like as gritty as I wanted it to be yeah fuck that makes sense I I mean I guess I haven't <clears throat> I was teaching college in like. From like 2010 to 13, I was teaching at this school in Portland and everybody was, um, they were very into, uh, like post internet aesthetics, like, mm-hmm. like the jogging and things like that. Like, um, but memes were a thing, but not, uh, I don't think that people were having the conversation about the sort of like cultural import of them in the way that they are, they've effectively like replaced both satire writing and political cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're way more layered than just like a satire or something but nobody ever brought people weren't making them as like a practice or thinking about them that way i mean maybe a couple people but nobody brought them in that's a an interesting setup for crit because yeah you're presenting something that people understand the format of it is meant to be lol but if you're presenting something fucking heavy yeah how do they you know you're you're asking them to unpack something that our whole interaction with them is like thumb flip up it goes away yeah you know yeah jesus wow do you present like uh your your poetry and regular writing too or you've been mostly focusing on that kind of stuff i've had uh maybe i've had six crits in a year that's a good number yeah i think so yeah and only one of them did i present like linear poetry on paper you know like this is poetry and uh, it just did not go well in terms of the work was censored. Uh-huh. And, like, I was... Censored? Yeah, I wasn't allowed to critique the poem that I brought in. They were like, you need to frame this more. You can't just, like, you know, you can't uh, put this out here. We're not going to talk about this. 
and um I don't know. I'm still kind of mentally recovering. But, you know, this is also where the learning happens. But essentially, like, uh, prior to grad school, I hadn't written a poem in maybe two years. Because I'd been, you know, in my mind, writing poems, making memes. But something that's like, you know, a conventional poem. So so I, I made a work where... Um, I took, um, the, I went to a, a porn website, X hamster. Oh yeah. 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 I know. Which X-Hamster. is like <laughs> goat porn site. And, uh, I, I looked in the A's and just like anal and all the instances of anal like they did had, you read this at PS one a little yeah, while ago? Yeah, I saw yeah. you read it. Yeah, yeah. Whoa! Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, mm-hmm. no, yeah. I saw you read that poem yeah. at um uh, the homeschool. Yeah, it was the homeschool Event. day. Yeah. Whoa! Well, fuck. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely remember that. Yeah, and that was prior <laughs> to my crit. Okay. Oh wait, they wouldn't let you present that? No. On the grounds of it. Uh, <laughs> The language, the content, um, not having a trigger or content warning, which is valid. I mean, there's certain things that I've come around on. Yeah. But uh, it definitely uh, was some bullshit and instructive to me that, like, there's definitely a ceiling in terms of, like, content uh, in Uh in the program. There's it, it illuminated the agenda of the program it it eliminated um the kind of hypocrisy behind like holding space we uh-huh. we're taught, we talk about holding space and okay. centering and none of this was afforded to me and, and essentially just uh my work was problematized before it was even read just because of the notion of it uh-huh. me as a male doing something that is yeah, yeah. No, nasty I, and vile yeah, and yeah. it's no, porn and and you know i i understand the reaction but i feel like the the like intellectual and literary aims of the piece were like much higher than just you know a, a vulgar shock value like i wonder if i mean but when you read it when i saw you read it it was the reaction was really interesting because it went from like they were kind of like snickers and giggles to like full out people laughing to it getting really kind of subdued as like the repetition of what you were doing became so kind of almost like, and I don't mean this in a bad way, like mundane, like these words that are so gnarly and sexual and charged become just points of like alliteration at that yeah. at a certain time in the reading. And then people kind of picked up and laughed again. Like it was a really interesting the waves of response but yeah. i mean i guess if somebody just slaps that down in front of you in text or something it's like oh are they fucking with me or what am i like i mean yeah. i guess i kind of understand the response but it seems weird because i i guess my experience with it which is so funny that i saw that but that it was like this really all of the things that you're talking about that were maybe problematic about it about like a guy doing this or something um became like elemental in its delivery yeah they were part of what they were part of the substance of the poem and yeah huh weird that's very that's very strange yeah so outside of that though you 
the memes and stuff that you've been making, you've been presenting in school, you're putting online and things like that. You did this interview like um, a little over a year ago with Juxtapose. Yeah. And I put a quote down here because I thought it was really interesting when you were talking about the, the vocabulary around memes. And uh, it, you said that the word meme is good in describing one function of the work in terms of it being a morsel of culture with an ability to move through certain channels of the Internet but it doesn't do a service to the visual or literary aspirations of the work, which I think in, in the case of what you make is very apt. And are there other terms that you've thought about to apply to? I mean, I would, the first one that comes to mind when I think about your memes is like, I guess the history of collage yeah. and just it being like a pastiche of all these different things, but really Lumumba. <laughs> yeah, the being a pastiche Lumumba of well, he's also a meme. whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but this kind of like, you know, the way that like good collage work, um, they they get the the thing that's really cool about it is they get like the directional lighting right mm-hmm. when somebody like cuts things out of magazines and and the lighting is somehow correct. That's kind of like the memes that you make. Everything about it is correct in the construction of it looking like a Hollywood poster mm. or this or that. Like there's an there's a care that goes into it, which is I, I guess why I'm asking if you would use I mean, meme is obviously very convenient yeah. and people get it, yeah. but do you when you're making them, you're like, Oh, I'm building a sculpture. I'm yeah. making a collage. I'm making a poem. I don't know. I think meme is the operative word. I think that's just I'm not going to like shit it up and right, say like, yeah. uh, this is a ontological, uh, mimetic brick a lot. Like I'm not going to fuck it up. <laughs> Meme works. They're memes. Yeah. But they're very fucking, uh, busy memes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good way to so, so really it's not that like meme works. It's just, we collectively need to like uh learn what a meme can comprise because like uh i think that's changing uh at least w- when i look at my work um i think like i've been told that there's you know i mean there's multiple disciplines there there's a collage there's a sculptural component there's the poetics um so so meme is just i think the best shorthand yeah and if it's housed on social media like functionally that's just how it's gonna it's gonna function like a meme like it's in shares and likes the virality around it is kind of what frames it the most yeah so like real-time feedback loop mm-hmm. and i guess the the only reason not to call the memes is because of what you were mentioning earlier about this kind of like colonial compartmentalization of disciplines to assign certain things value versus that. But, um, yeah, I was just curious cause you, the definition that you gave in that kind of quote, which was like, it's a morsel of culture yeah. that can move through these channels. Yeah. I think was really apt. And it's, it's funny to think that I guess it just has, I don't think people use it even disparagingly, but it seems like, I was saying earlier, like you can thumb flip it away and then you don't encounter it any longer. But, and so I guess that's part of the reason that years are so weird and kind of psychedelic is the knowing 
how long somebody maybe is going to interact with it and, yeah. and putting, cause you don't just do, you know, there's so many accounts. It's literally just, it's the, it's the screen grab of a Twitter yeah, uh, or a tweet uh, kind of, you know, square cropped or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it has mm-hmm. the text on top and whatever. Yours are very, um, the production level is really high. Yeah. Which is, uh, I think I wanted to ask you about that aspect of the work and, and kind of where, because like I said a little bit ago, the, the memes aren't always like LOL funny, yeah. but they're, they're incredibly funny in this kind of weird, long drawn out way where you think about them as this production method that in and of itself, the hysteria maybe of your production is why it's hysterical. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And it was, I, we, we were talking off mic right before we started about this. Uh, and I have to say that the idea of that is from this book concrete comedy by david robbins that i've probably talked about here a million times but um that sustained long joke of doing the thing and doing it spending so much time to do something that somebody might only you know we're always like oh people only look at paintings for seven seconds Mm -hmm. but a meme is like yeah i was just gonna say i was (laughs) listening to a prior podcast and i forget the guest but you were discussing like the average time a painting is looked at seven seconds and that's just like, I don't even know where I heard that and why I keep, maybe I should stop repeating that. Yeah. I just, somebody at a museum told me that. <laughs> yeah. But a meme's life is like really fast. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what you were talking about, the layers in the work. And I, I think that's what I appreciate is that you could probably look at one of your memes four or five different times over months yeah, and revisit it and see different things, which... It's kind of antithetical to the idea of, like, the hot take. It is. Or, or even, like, the meme. Yeah. It, these are just my notes. They're sloppy, but then they will coalesce <laughs> into something. But uh, Read them off. Memes as reproduced, multiplied, and copied. And a meme that can't be reproduced yet still comprised from endlessly generated heaps and scraps of internet detritus. Uh, that's what I got. Um, can't be reproduced? Uh, like, so a Twitter format meme just requires that picture. Yeah. What I do requires several elements, PNGs. Got it. Yeah. But I I was talking to my girlfriend about this yesterday and then I looked on my phone and saw someone took a meme of mine and like edited it. Really? Yeah, and it was the first time I've ever seen did Out they, in the Wild. Did they put the care into it, or was it just like It a was really a text quick... edit. Okay. So none of the visuals were touched, but it was like, a, it was a J. Cole, it takes a certain level of intelligence to appreciate J. Cole, <laughs> and they took swapped out J. Cole and put Apex Twin. <laughs> 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 wow that's a no that's a you should take that as a deep compliment that's yeah a, no that, it was. that, that was, person uh, cared a lot wait was their text though was it as it was, was close it, enough it, it was close enough okay because it was like uh because your text is like fluorescent you, green like uh okay. strobe light yeah. text because you care about your text i care yeah a great deal yeah it's typography very, mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of kerning yeah current the kerning <laughs> is a huge concern you know i i I spent a lot of my time kerning. I bet you do, yeah. For sure. Warping things so they fit right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Distortion, perspective, kerning. I got what you said though now, that it can't be it can't be recreated in that Yeah, you're you're kind of breaking the rules of the format because the whole idea is that somebody makes a thing and it becomes 
the architecture for future iterations of it, yeah. right? And and the source is always lost. And I wonder if, I mean, is part of the reason that you make them that they kind of can't be recreated because the authorship of those things is pretty important to you? Like you can't, you can't just yank one of your memes, yeah, and like put it into a different context. I mean, that's a the authorship is important, but it's not. Uh, the I don't au- mean in like an egotistical yeah. way. The the authorship comes not so much from like a a ownership, like a a, a private property type thing. No, it's just I, sort of like so. it's, it's just like uh, <laughs> you know, this is my my. I want you to know it's me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're it's an artwork. Yeah, you're making a thing and you're putting something in it. So yeah, it's different than just like it's not a riff on an existing riff. Yeah, almost ever. But I mean. I mean in terms of like the joke, the joke might be a riff of something. Current, sure, but visually, it can be as free associative. Yeah, yeah. You you move, even if the text is like a format that makes sense in terms of like, oh, I get sort of like where this came from online. Um, it's you're rebuilding, but that's I mean, isn't that what like that's all poetry? Yeah. I mean, you can't make an. I, I, you can make a new poem. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. can't, unless you're writing nonsense It's an interpolation words. of like a pre-existing idea. Yeah. In the format and everything else. And that's yeah. kind of, is the, I mean, it's interesting too, because if you come from poetry and doing stuff like that, that uh, I guess the, if I were a poet, which I'm not, I would always be trying to figure out like, what are the, what are the structures and how can I kind of bend them or fuck with them or something like that? And it seems like maybe that's what makes your meme <laughs> sort of unreproducible is that you are doing, they're recognizable as memes. You're using all the right things, mm-hmm. but they don't allow the kind of, uh, or they break the the text image relationship in the way that it's supposed to be understood, even though it still follows it. And that's yeah. probably why they're kind of like, what the fuck? Like, I remember when I first saw your page, I was just like, Who's make what the fuck? Yeah, is this shit? <laughs> like, yeah, because <laughs> it's like I don't know, but that long kind of con of just making them, and that's like it, to go back through your feed and what you've been producing. It's a the evidence there of somebody doing this repeatedly is it's it's very much writing. It's very much a practice, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's indecipherable in its intent which is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, like do randos hit you up or like, I looked at your memes, man, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. I, I get a variety. I mean, I don't get that many messages, but a lot of it's just like, you know, uh, thank yous. <laughs> thank yous. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. just thank yous and different tenors. Um, that's cool. People are like, you showed me that I could change the format. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's really wild. Um, I mean, do you, how do you think about their funniness? Like, uh, do you, I don't like to overthink their funniness. Right. Cause then, um, then it's a little, I, th- I think for me, what's funny is, uh, humor for me it always operates like a like a like a like a valve like i'm letting off steam if yeah. something's funny it's because it's like i'm letting out something that i i was repressing or holding back so for me like humor isn't 
is evident in like how base and vulgar and immediate and combustible a joke is or or a thought or a reverie or, or an idea um so i'm not really like framing jokes necessarily um there there is pun and i think that's where poetics come like yeah. this play with language and how many meanings i can extract and mm. the you know disparities between that but but for me like in poetry i found and i and i and i still have room to change but i just felt like in poetry there was a disconnectedness from the and i'm not the most read poet either um but there was something missing in terms of like baseness vulgarity mm. um like that combustion yeah, yeah. no i get and, it yeah. and i just couldn't see myself continuing to do these sort of like plaintive pastoral hmm. still life renderings like because that's oh. just not how i think <laughs> like i'm like oh shit a poem is a still life fuck shit <laughs> motherfucking shit motherfucking shit fuck damn shit yeah. balls piss <laughs> like that's that's where my mind is at and like yeah, in yeah, poetry yeah. like in the poetry i read like mm. i just don't there is a sort of like even if it's radical, it's kind of it's it's meant to fit petty into petty bourgeois. Yeah, it, fucking, it, it's supposed to appeal to a particular yeah. sect of an audience. It still and, has this. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> mm, yes. You can't see what just, Jensen is doing, but it's a very <laughs> kind of twirling a wine now, now glass. I'm, yes. Now I'm just doing it without yeah. describing it. Yeah. Sort of like swishing. In a the big, tannins yeah. around, <laughs> and I'm not. I don't want to swish tannins around. Yeah. I want to break a shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, that's that's very real. Yeah, there's something about I mean it is really uh I mean laughing uh in a lot of situations. Sometimes it's just social and it's polite or whatever, but uh when you like laugh, laugh, it's literally an expulsion of energy because somebody triggered something that you were kind of not wanting to think was maybe funny or you thought was funny but you couldn't talk and then somebody else has the audacity to do it and then you kind of laugh but but it's interesting because you're, you're talking about vulgarity and baseness and all these things and yet i don't think like i don't think your your memes aren't mean though no you i know hope what I mean? not no, i hope not. i don't think they are but that's yeah. a that is a fucking art form i think about this a lot like how can you be crass and fucked up and weird but not at the ex do you know what i mean yes it's yeah. not easy to do like there's there's like really absurdist comedy that's just like goofy and silly and kind of slapstick and maybe the person is the butt of the joke. And then there's like just awful like meanness. Yeah. And the 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 gray area in between those is not easy to like land in. No, it is difficult. And uh, it really does require a sort of, I mean, compassion, obviously. Yeah. But a real sensitivity to um, people's pain. Yeah. And I think like you know punching down is such an easy like fuck that. Like I don't know. What I am learning in in grad school is like the real power to even if it's just symbolic violence to re-traumatize, mm -hmm. to reproduce like those violences. 
So I think like if you can just get rid of that or point it upward or I don't I don't know. Um it's interesting to think about kind of like ethical meme making. Yeah. But well it's, the spirit of it is irreverent, but Right. You know, for me I, I, I recognize that lots of people are looking at what I'm doing and so there is a responsibility. Not too much so that it, it, it not to the point that it hinders me. No, but it's just a creative way to like make stuff that people can laugh at where where they're where people can laugh at pain but not laugh to like to defend themselves from being re-traumatized in the yes. pain or something. It's yes. it's enfranchising maybe. Yeah. And that's kind of like that's really unique in your practice I think and you did an interview for AQ&B um with Manuel a little while ago. And they were asking you about kind of optimism, I remember, in it. Yeah. And and that there was a certain, even though simultaneously your memes are very nihilist, mm-hmm. there is there is an optimism. And that's kind yeah. of interesting to think about. Um, it's one of the hardest ways to use comedy, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. is to present or engender kind of like enfranchisement. Yeah. A lot of comedians pretend they do. Like, I'm, I'm speaking truth to power. And it's, I mean most mainstream stuff isn't Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's just perpetuating or repeating those things yeah well i find the mode of like cynicism to be (laughs) easier and i like to challenge myself (laughs) (laughs) no i got you yeah it's really well it's like you know the uh the thing in like education was like try to be generative and not reactive but that because being generative is really hard yeah. like just being knee-jerk or uh just like saying something shitty because it's funny. i'm gonna generate a reaction <laughs> yeah. that's what that's what i'm going to do uh, oh man that's in um in you and manuel also talked about kind of in in the i guess kind of ecosystem of how memes cycle mm-hmm. you talked about the anti-blackness of meme yes. culture and could you unpack that a little bit for people who I would hope anybody listening kind of already mm-hmm. knows like, mm-hmm. what that means. But yeah. could you, as a meme maker, talk a little bit about how the ecosystem works and where where the vernacular is appropriate mm-hmm. and where other things like that happen? Well, I think a big uh, arena is a, a big site where where the anti-blackness is perpetuated is the use of the N-word like nega specifically Mm. and um like sure it's ubiquitous and like you know mainstream culture but it's very easy to just like therefore or subsequently use the culture black culture as it's it's instrumental in short it's instrumentalized for some sort of like uh spectacle and like information capitalism like gain or or clout yeah and you know there's tons of non-black people that are donning the aesthetic persona history of of blackness 
without actually really having any stake or livelihood or relation or proximity to blackness. It's, it, it's purely an aesthetic, an instrument that they use to profit. Yeah. And that's like, that's a tendency that's no different than rich white music executive mm-hmm. uh, using hip-hop artist to... Do you mean Lior Cohen? Lior Cohen works. <laughs> Lior Cohen's great. That's like, yeah. Or, you know, prior to that, just the dynamic of sort of uncredited yeah. uh, black labor and capital used for, you know, white interest. Yeah. Do you think that, how do you think the vernacular functions? Like, do you think that people are... I I, well, I think it's as simple as like white people privately nigga nigga this Jay Z nigga, and then they take that mentality uh-huh. because they're on their phone and there is a degree of privacy, right? To sort of you know put that in their meme. They're not saying yeah. it, hmm. they're not v- verbalizing or vocalizing mm-hmm. it, but you are amplifying and using it. Yeah. So it still has the effect. Like it's still, you know that that fuck shit. Yeah. And um, there was, in the AQ&B article, I talked about Peaches, Peaches Monroe. She's the woman who invented On Fleek. Yeah. And then, you know, she, she it went viral, but she wasn't, you know, there were people making On Fleek merch and mm-hmm. claiming it, like co-opting it, you know, just as quickly as it became a thing. And, um, you know, just in a in a very... It's like, you know, she didn't own her means of production or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that happens time and time again where, you know, black content, black Twitter as as a spear, yeah. as a biosphere in the social, so, social media world, something comes out of it. And then it is latched onto and it becomes like literally advertising jargon. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's you I was going to ask you about black twitter because it's completely changed the way that comedy functions mm-hmm. on that platform and the way that people communicate comedy to each other and oftentimes it seems like by the time that something gets picked from this one account who like made up a a funny way of saying something or this or that. And then, and then it, it makes the rounds by the time that it reaches, um, masses of people. Like if I'm not actively following the person who posted the original content, mm-hmm. by the time that it gets there, it's so divorced from it that, and because internet speak has so kind of co-opted a certain aspect of blackness yeah. that I can't tell. It's sanitized and it's vegan <laughs> by the time you fucking... But I wonder, and I guess it's a good thing to for me to ask myself. I guess though, is sometimes when something comes through, and I'm just like, "Is this a, yeah? Is this like digital blackface?" Yeah, it totally. And, I mean, and even if it, even if it wasn't originated by a black content creator or a person who who originally posted it, by the time that it gets through the stratospheres, yeah, and and then it it becomes viral or whatever yeah. it's already adopted all of the black vernacular that made its way through yeah. i don't know it's a complicated well, fucking i don't, don't want to sound like dismissive and structuralist but to me the entire dismissive like, and structuralist. yeah but the whole like <laughs> semiotic field 
the semantic field is anti-black. So it's like if you put something out there as a black person and it's viral, like I think in, in the current sort of field we have like a a byproduct of that, like a, a current, a recurring byproduct of that is that it becomes disseminated, commodified, destroyed, mm. misinterpreted, abused by mm. the white masses. Yeah. That's that's the a big dynamic. And then people participate in it like it's it's like minstrelly. Yeah. Like it it becomes like a hey, I can try yeah. this on. Well, I think it's also important to to remember that like historically in terms of like menstrual like in the time that it was happening, there were black people, black critics who liked and appreciated menstrual, like this performance of blackness this parodic performance of and racist performance of blackness was mutually agreed upon by black people at the time as well so i still think that meant mentality that audience exists in droves as well and i'm not like trying to parse blame either no no i'm just saying like the way in which blackness as like an an entertainment commodity and a fetish that force like it's deeply embedded into the American, the shared psyche. Yeah, it's. I guess it's the the fucked up thing about white supremacy is that it's nuanced. Yeah, white supremacy. Right? Like, well, it seems like it should be just people, like people. They're like, I need like, more nuance. Oh, you need more white supremacy. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like the 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 aspects of it that keep things churning along or make. Certain things travel in certain circles and all these things are, like you just said, like, it's... Yeah, I mean, white supremacy has cosigns, but black people <laughs> is like... <laughs> black folks cosign white oh, supremacy. But, no, but it's like, ah, oh, God, yeah, that's... It's interesting, too, because I wonder a lot about... I mean, do you have a thought on this? I was... We, we kind of touched on it off mic before we started, but... So I work with teens a lot, mm-hmm. and there's this... I'm always a little bit, I'm confused by like this aspect of, I guess it's, are they Gen Z? Kids are Gen Z, right? Yeah. So the thing that I'm kind of like, they're so, um, they already understand the vernacular of memedom and things like that to a degree that it, it has become digitally for them growing up. It is simply like the vernacular of online. Yeah. And while a certain part of me is like, well, I guess maybe it's just a generation where they're like really equal and their culture things and they don't think this or think that and i and they're really diverse kids yeah. you know and they, it doesn't seem like there's a tension but i wonder if like oh there's I mean, tension yeah i mean like this might be like a shared popular vernacular blackness but the material discrepancy will be huge like yeah I want- it's lit fam it's fire mm-hmm. it's lit fam it's fire i got hired you didn't it's mm-hmm. lit fam it's fire like it's so litty yeah. like the cops followed me like the cops you know like yeah. that's the difference yeah and i'm sure that it's for some of the teens it's already apparent and they're just not they're like why well, they're not gonna talk about it when they're 16 yeah. each other something but when they're 18 and 20 yeah you think it's going to yeah when they watched a few more Tarantino films, so well, I don't know what that has to do with. <laughs> anyway. it seems, I swear to God, it's like a coming of age thing, I guess. Like, you could say, 
you could say that in so many contexts and i would be like yes <laughs> listen man just watch a couple more <laughs> he's got range no but i know what you mean. no yeah it's but you're right yeah i'm naive like that me even asking that question is silly because it's like no nah, it's good not... to ask questions i mean but i just i wonder if it's like something that i'm not used to being like a, like I'm black, but I don't feel like a position of authority on blackness. I don't think I'm not asking like you I'm like to have one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, it's a. I mean, I think about it. It's like because I have kids who are from tons of different backgrounds, and they all share this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I am always just like, is I mean, this is this like micro utopia of a classroom where we're all like cute and doing art, and it's like funny or something. But that's not how it actually is, and. It's interesting how much it seeps down because I feel like so many of the things that become viral Mm -hmm. are probably specifically made by black teenagers. Yeah. Like, but I, I also feel like that black teenager energy can't be like downplayed. Like we talk about, like you mentioned this utopia, mm -hmm. like I feel like a real sort of like Taz temporary autonomous zone, like where and it's the same sort of appeal that hip hop has and and mass culture because it's a site where uh we can say all kinds of indecent shit and turn up mm-hmm. and like celebrate. I feel like that is embedded into that like no fucks given like nihilistic, you know, unfortunately like the the circumstances of that energy are grim. But there is something liberatory about that, like, young black teen, like, let's dictate and energize culture. Shit. You know? Yeah, and people uh, in a a not responsible way admire that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, there's a... God, yeah. It's it's cosmetic for some people, Mm -hmm. for the white people or the non-blacks, whatever. Whereas it's a real, like, livelihood mm. for the people generating this, like, being in the world. Yeah. Damn. It's, I mean, I don't know. It seems like your your approach then to me making is both kind of, you're bringing, you're bringing that energy while you're critiquing the system that kind of, like, makes it spectacle at the same time yeah is that an accurate way to kind of describe what you're doing yeah because i feel like it's and maybe it's what i mentioned earlier about like your memes aren't lol (laughs) they're funny but not like but they're funny in that way where something like a good you know when people are like oh it's like a critically acclaimed dark comedy or something and it's like because it's usually not actually funny yeah like what's but there's humor i don't you know what i mean like no it's a, I keep thinking about, um, like, you know, in Shrek when he's like, Oh my God, like, let's go. Like layers, <laughs> you know, like onion, <laughs> the layers. But I think about that, like peeling back the, there's a, there's something that happens. I think when I look at one of your memes where I go, there's a, there's a series of reactions and sometimes they come in different orders, but it's usually like, <laughs> Oh, Oh, Uh, (laughs) like there's a it's a sustained kind of thing and that's uh again it's just antithetical to the format Mm -hmm. i mean there are great but i don't know do you get 
So it sounds like people don't, people have trouble uh, recreating or remixing, but are people lifting stuff from you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't monitor it. You know, the spirit uh-huh. of the meme is to let it out and see how people remix, reshape, reaugment, whatever. While making with... it so that it's almost impossible for them to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get, yeah. <laughs> But I've seen, I've made a joke and then seen, you know, someone slightly flip it. Yeah, yeah. But, um. But people, do people just like screen grab the shit and post it on like the aggregate accounts or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I've had cases where people were like, and they had a, a much larger following than me, reposted my memes and then were like, I just found this dank new page. I'm not sharing it with any of you. I'm just going to repost all their memes. Why? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's. But they like overtly. That's like the most, literally the most digitally colonial thing I've ever heard anyone yeah. describe. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, yeah, I know this great, I know this great fucking Peruvian place in this neighborhood that I'm not going to tell you where it is because yeah. I don't want you to get to go oh my god wow yeah hmm. but luckily the community stepped in the like co- you know my my friends loyalist whatever <laughs> and they they spammed that person's comments until they good deleted their page <laughs> so that's the problem with a lot of the kind of aggregate meme accounts is even when they present themselves as like all i do is screen cap and just share stuff that i like the the authorship is erased and Mm -hmm. it is i mean they're just pillaging stuff yeah and that's i don't know it's like a weird because it but it's not petty to think about it no i think it's it's important those are people's people are doing that as their creative practice they're making things and to just like snake them even if your whole thing is like, I just post stuff that made me lol. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, why not tell people to follow yeah. the spots well, where you see it? That's how a lot of the big pages come into power is by just late. There is some curation, but mostly lazily just resharing popular viral black twitter memes it's just like it's so microcosmically an example yeah of like yeah (laughs) i just don't it's yeah i don't know and it's a weird thing to try to like talk to people about yeah i guess because they're just like it's just the internet and it's like dude it's like come on you're making an exact example of what happens in music of what happens in food of what happens in the fucking world and all labor yeah and I don't know. It's still very symptomatic of the sort of parasitic anti-black capitalism, like where. And I guess it drives people fucking nuts because if you tell somebody, like, do you know what I mean? Like to yeah. be like, dude, you're, well, it's your easy meme... to diminish because it's like right, but like your meme aggregate page is anti-black. Yeah. And then they're like, no, come on, you know, it's no, yeah. it's I'm not a fucking, and it's yeah. like, yeah, no, it literally, come on, just think for two seconds, zoom mm-hmm. out, and think about. Elvis <laughs> or Eminem, you know, like you're yeah. being Eminem. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's Which a, is like very appealing to a lot of people I to, be, <laughs> to be. I, I, I just think on, on the internet, oh, um, yeah, I, I have uh, at least comment sections, messages, maybe, maybe 
a, a, a dialogue can happen. But I, but I believe mo- more often than not in comment sections, the, the sympathy, empathy, compassion facilities are like closed. They're turned off for oh, the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, yeah. That's, do you read, do you get comments on your posts? I yeah. guess I never expand people. I mean, you always have, you have enough comments where it's always like view 142 more Occa- comments. So a- I never a- a- open Occasionally things. I will make a meme that has tons of comments. Mm-hmm. The, mo- the, the last meme I can think of that generated like a shit show <laughs> was, uh, it was the Beyonce is a corporate entity that reinforces colorism. Uh, and it was like <laughs> B movie uh-huh. Jerry Seinfeld. Uh-huh. It was like Beyonce. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> and I, I was expecting a the... shit show, but not to the degree that uh, that it got to. Like I, I just I feel like what I said was really not that controversial. Uh-huh. It was helpful, and that it it reaffirmed for me how. Um, what happens on the internet is you try to construct these healthy um, critiques, but they they become entry points. And anti-blackness is so pervasive that a critique of a black person can simultaneously just be, you know, the uh, camouflage that a racist needs to sort of like you know, right, be on that fuck shit. So then you saw just the people who gave no fucks about Beyonce were just like, you know what, let me be, you know, massage noir. Like, let me just like shit on a black woman right mm-hmm. now. This, this is my, which I the, woke up. Which the meme wasn't doing. No. That wasn't the, no. I think clearly it wasn't the point. No. Huh. God. But I think that's Do such you engage a. engage with people in the comments? I think it's such a hotly contested yeah. topic yeah that um that's bound to happen occasionally i engage um i'm trying to get better at not engaging that sounds terrifying i wouldn't i'd be too i could never do it i'm a coward yeah i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm a coward too no, you're not. <laughs> no, i feel like one I, i'm trying to get better at um discerning like when critiques are directed at me when it mm-hmm. is this person's trying to help me. Yeah. Versus, or, they're, or they're just yeah. trying to fuck with me and shit on me and like get one on me. Hmm. And I feel like I encounter the latter more than genuine. Like, Corey, would you like to like, I like you. I respect you. Like grow and do better and be better. And I want to see that. Right. Right. That's yeah. not what's articulated. What's articulated Probably is not. you said this thing. Let me, uh, mince it apart and find the underlying ism the Mm -hmm. the transgression Mm -hmm. and i but the uh, i mean i think well it's i guess it's a tough thing because a lot of the times the transgression that is there is on purpose and i but i guess that you know it's the same it's the question of does this thing uh by satirizing something does it only perpetuate the the existing structure or something but Mm -hmm. yeah fuck it's that's a I guess that's the tough thing of doing any comedy. Yeah. Um, especially that's the tough thing with comedy. That's really dense too. Yeah. 
like yeah. doing something that you're like you're presenting it god it's a fucking catch-22 isn't it you're presenting <laughs> it you're presenting it in a mode that is meant to be like a billboard you're supposed to get it in like you know driving by and yet you're asking that people spend some time with it but i think though I think people who follow you, though, who know what you're doing, who really, I'm sure it's just randos who are like firing off because I've watched it for a while and there's a, there's like a thing going on. You know what I mean? Like there's a, even if something that you post has a little edgelord in it, it's not <laughs> really edgelord. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a, in, I feel like it's interesting because you post the memes in a stream of context like your instagram feed is a it's a it's a flow of information that's yeah. very specific it's not a hey at this day i was at the beach and i'm posting yeah. this and then tomorrow i'm going to do a screen grab of like a show that i'm in or like yeah. blah 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 it's a it is a thing that's ongoing and long mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i don't know i mean i guess if somebody doesn't and it sounds like the way that you're describing stuff is that you're a person who's super open to if somebody has a critique, just like you were saying about school earlier, like when you are, when there's the opportunity to learn, mm -hmm. you're down for it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, usually, no, people usually who comment aren't no. <laughs> trying to bring a, 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 no. a thoughtful, very constructive criticism. Ve very rarely <laughs> have I encountered that, <laughs> even from, you know, people who I thought were being instructive and helpful uh-huh that just wasn't they just case. wanted you to dm so they could screen grab it and then post that yeah <laughs> or to just make me feel bad yeah oh man well you shouldn't feel bad you're very funny well, thanks and your stuff's really complex and insane appreciate it yeah do you uh do you have anything that's coming up in the future i mean obviously people should be following at cory in the abyss which is a play on the Twitter account that is all the per and permutations the of Corey yeah. and the Noun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I bet most people who listen to this are already following you, so it's not it's not news. But if it is news, then you need to follow Jensen at Corey in the Abyss. Is there anything coming up that people should keep an eye out for or anything like that? I'm, uh, Besides new memes. Debating Jordan Peterson. We're gonna. No, you're fucking. I was like, Jordan Peterson, pull up. For like a millisecond, I was like, well, I got, maybe he's coming to Pratt. In my head, I was like, just I'm fucking doing that. Oh my God. Jordan Peterson was Gucci. You should, yeah, Jordan Peterson, if you're listening, you coward. You don't want the smoke. Yeah, you couldn't handle a debate with Jensen. I'll do, we can do it in my kitchen. You Jordan guys can Peterson. Be, we'll do it on a webcam. And you he, do not want the smoke. He'll cry. <laughs> He's going to start crying anyways, and then you can try to make him cry more, mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. um, Sweet Mountain Dew tears. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, well, Jensen, dude, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure, and thanks for coming by and talking, and uh, thanks for making the work you make, man. It's I appreciate it. It is a... It's the new frontier of memes. They should be fucking dense. Yeah, thank you. For very dense. Fucking with me, fucking with the vision, having me on, etc. Appreciate it. Cool. And thanks everybody out there listening. Uh, we'll catch you next week.